What's up, guys? Welcome to another week of the pod. I got my boy Nick Lackey back in the studio. Third time is the charm. Yes, Nick. sir. That's right here. <laughs> Nick, how you feeling today, bud? Feel great, brother. Feeling great. You look great. We are talking I do, on. I do. Oh, nice. We were talking on a big topic today. We got how to move on from mistakes in my past, and this is uh, very fitting, especially for your outfit today. You're wearing an Astros jersey, so speaking of mistakes. Yes, and yes, we all know what happened. Failures, moral failures with the Astros organization, but we'll I still support. Do you? Are you actually? I, are you actually an Astros? I fan? consider myself an Astros fan since I moved to Houston. I, I was like, I'm not going to move here from Florida and then just not support the local team. I have to. It's it's part of the experience. You're pretty quick to jump on the bandwagon. I am absolutely. I'll, they they haven't won at all since I've been here, so I don't know if I'd call it a bandwagon. They haven't won at all. I mean, they're, they haven't um, won a single game since I moved here. That's not. That's a. That's not a true <laughs> statement. No. They have not won a World Series since I moved here. Well, they've won. They've won one since I've been here, so I don't know really what that says. Yeah, but yeah. I tell people like I have two favorite teams: one, the Astros, because I live here, right. and two, whatever current team is winning at the time. And that's kind of how I roll. Are you serious? I mean, yeah, you got to diversify yourself. All right. Yeah, Anyways, cool. no let's diversify into the topic for today: how to move on from mistakes in my past. And all seriousness, this obviously is a big one, and we all make mistakes. We all have mm. sin in our life. You know, ever since you know the fall, ever since sin was even introduced into the world, we all. Go the other way, go different, go a different direction than what God has called us towards, and that brings in a lot of guilt, a lot of sadness, a lot of disappointment, and so many other negative mm. aspects into our life, and things that can be hard to really move on from. And so this was kind of sent in via Instagram. We really appreciate you guys following us on Instagram, sending us questions that you want us to cover. And so uh, for future reference, if you do have something kind of in your heart that you'd love to see us jump on as far as topics go, shoot us a DM, and we'd love to cover it. But how to move on from mistakes in my past. Nick. You're a pretty great guy, but have you ever made any mistakes? <laughs> yes, we've covered quite a few of my mistakes here on this podcast. Uh, that's that's now, true. <laughs> with that said, uh, I want to I want to jump into a different one uh, today. Uh, it's kind of a big mistake that I made early on in getting into ministry, and I know a lot of people listening probably are in ministry for a living. Uh, maybe this could help you out. But uh, one big mistake that I made initially jumping into the ministry train, which I love what I get to do, um, but I was so clueless when I first got into it. Uh, I worked at a smaller church named Transformation Church uh, in Pensacola, and not like Mike Todd. Transformation not like church. Uh, not the one. I think that's in like Oklahoma or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. yeah, not that one. No, I, it was not. It was as cool, but a lot smaller. And uh, it, you know, I loved it, but it's not. No, not that Transformation Church. Um, however, I I got there in my very first week in ministry. Like I came in like guns ablaze, and I was ready to go. I was pumped. Ministry was happening finally. I had felt called to it since I was a kid. I was ready to go. I came in with plans, and then my very first day. Monday was when COVID hit and we went into quarantine my first day on the job ministry. And I was like, mm -hmm. and that just led me to this place of like not knowing what to do. Like I had all these plans for the ministry. Like I was like, Oh, we're going to start home groups. We're going to start Sunday Bible studies. We're, we're going to do all this stuff and we're going to get this ministry going. We're going to get it popping. We're going to meet every new kid that comes in the door of our church. And then churches were shut down and we shifted to an online environment and everything seemed like it was falling apart. Uh, and the, where I made the mistake was, uh, I just, I, didn't know what to do there. Uh, and I let kind of apathy and I lost my drive to see the ministry grow. Um, I, I let the minor inconvenience, well, it wasn't minor, a giant inconvenience yeah. pushed me to a place of doing nothing at all. Uh, I wasn't seeking the Lord. I was like, I, I got into ministry and everything shifted upside down. And I said the biggest mistake I made was uh, just realizing that uh, the plans that I had weren't going to work and not knowing how to pivot and not even trying uh, to pivot at all. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. No word. And no, I, same way for me. I mean, I've I made a bazillion mistakes, a lot of which I mentioned on this podcast. But I think specifically, 
I think with mistakes comes embarrassment. And that was something that I specifically dealt with when it came to this story. Danielle and I were dating the first half of our relationship. As you guys have been listening to this, you know that we broke up and got back together and then eventually got married. But we were in the first half of our dating relationship before we broke up. And I'm a pastor and I'm a minister, but I also was a terrible boyfriend. Mm. And usually those things don't go hand in hand. Maybe they do. But for me, they did. And I said... I think I texted her some things just out of anger and jealousy and stupidity that I probably should not have texted her. And those texts ended up, you know, being seen by our parents and eventually other people at the church and things like that. And that was just one of the more embarrassing things. And also incredibly, incredibly difficult because we eventually broke up over the traits and the patterns that I displayed in that relationship when it came to how I spoke to her, how I treated her and things like that. And so especially in the midst of that, I, I just harbored this guilt and this regret of like, why did I do that? Or why did that happen? Why, yeah. why would I say that? Or why would I act that way? Or why would I be like that? Like, I'm a pastor. How could I say those things, right? And that's, sure. that's something for you guys if, as you're listening of, you know, maybe you're not necessarily carrying the weight of like, I'm a full-time minister or shouldn't be, shouldn't be acting this way. But we're all carrying the weight of, I'm a Christian. I should be acting better. Yeah. You know, I, I did this thing. I acted this way. And I really regret it. And I wish I didn't do it. And I would go back and change it if I could, but the reality is it happened. And now the question is, how do I move on from it, right? Yeah. How do I move on from the mistakes I've made in my past? And so we got a list for you guys, 10 things to help you move on uh, from mistakes in your past. And number one is this, recognize God's grace and forgiveness can overpower your guilt. Hmm. Recognize God's grace and forgiveness can overpower your guilt. Your guilt. Second Corinthians 12, 9, I love this verse. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. The reality is, no one, on, no person on this earth is perfect. It's an, there's no person who hasn't made a mistake. There are people, yeah, who are a little bit more wise, people who are a little bit more disciplined, people who, yeah, maybe are a little bit more careful with their words and the things they say and how they act. Yes, I don't, dis, I don't disregard that, but there are, there are no perfect people on this planet. And the reality is, everybody's made mistakes. Everybody's put their foot in their mouth. Everybody's mm-hmm. going yeah. to act out of anger, act out of jealousy, act out of insecurity, and put themselves in a spot where they're like, dang, I shouldn't have done that, right? Yeah. And the reality is what God tells us in his word is that his grace can overpower our guilt. Is that the reason, the whole point of Jesus Christ going to the cross is the fact that we could never earn our way to heaven. Mm -hmm. We could never earn our way into a relationship with God. So therefore he had to provide us one, right? What are your thoughts on God's grace and forgiveness? Being able to help us obviously get to heaven. Sure. But also allow us to operate in freedom right now. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, so whenever you, uh, you let the love of God reach to your heart in the innermost place, like you're, you're not just saying like, yes, I know I'm loved by God, but you're living from a place where you're already qualified, uh, to do the work that he's called you to do. Mm. Uh, there's just a difference between knowing that he loves you, uh, and living in the place where you're, you're living from that love that he shows you. Absolutely. We don't live to earn God's love. We live because we already got it. Exactly. Right. We get to operate out of gratitude, not out of guilt. And I think it's such a greatest thing. And also, I feel I need to mention this too. No matter the mistakes that you make or the problems that you develop, mm. you are never going to get to a place where God is going to leave you over that. You're never going to get to the place where you lose God's love. It's not going to happen, right? Yeah, for sure. Romans 8.38 talks about neither life nor death nor anything will take you out of the hand of God. And so know that. As many mistakes as you make, and there are consequences, and that's a big deal. I'm not, dim- sure. I'm not diminishing that. Right. You have to come to grips with God's not leaving me. I'm good as far as my salvation goes. I need to rectify some things and fix some things. Mm. But as far as God's grace, I still got that. What's number two? Number two, own up to the reality of what happened. 
Guys, if you're going to sit here and you're going to hold uh, these things in, you know you've made a mistake, right? So there's there are a few things you can do. You can bottle it up, <laughs> or you can actually tell, bring in some uh, some people around you and tell uh, exactly what's going on in your life. If you're going to hide these things, you're only hurting yourself. Yeah. Uh, the more that you're able to confess what's going on, the better it's going to be for you. But be real and honest. Don't ever sugarcoat what happened. Be real about what happened and, and don't deny it. Oh, Instead, yeah. just bring it into the light. Well, yeah. I mean, my mentor always reminds me that you can't fix a problem that you don't recognize that you have or yep. fix a problem that you never come to grips with and acknowledge that, hey, like, look, if you flip that on somebody, call it what it is. Mm. You got anger issues. If you felt like that you displayed too much jealousy in your last relationship, be honest with that. Like, yeah. that's cool. If you if you failed morally or you did a certain thing, slipped up sexually, whatever that looked like for you, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever that is, be honest about that. Own up to that reality of yep. what happened and don't try to sugarcoat it because you can't solve a problem that you're not recognizing is even real. Number mm-hmm. three is leverage losses and turn them into learning opportunities. Leverage those losses and turn them into learning opportunities. Sometimes mistakes can be the catalyst to a better life there and after. Not because of the deed itself, but due to the lessons learned from it. So a couple of questions you can ask yourself, right? Why did I do that? Why did it happen? Yeah. What spot were you in, right? For me, as I look back at my own relationship, woes and different things that I've made mistakes in, whether that be professionally, personally, all that stuff. I've, I've, I'm sure I've done it all. I have to ask, okay, what put me in that spot? What, what led to that? What, what sort of commonalities are there? Because as I look at all the issues in my life and all the things and all the circumstances, I look around and there I am, me, mm. myself. So obviously... The person who is responsible for the problem is the person that I shave with every single day in the mirror, right? So I have to ask myself, okay, why did it happen? What, what's like, what's triggering me? What's putting me in this position where I'm always lashing out, where I'm always doing this, where I'm always falling sexually, where I'm always, yeah, you know, acting outside of what God's plan might be for my life? And then the next question is, well, what could I do different? You know, if it's sleeping around and operating in sexual promiscuity, could you set some better boundaries? Sure. Could you close? Could you open the door? Could you get accountability in life? Could you, I don't know, could you take 10 minutes before you say something? Could you, whatever, right? Yeah. You have to ask yourself, how can I make sure that this loss is leveraged and turned into a learning opportunity? What's number four, yeah, Nick? For sure. Number four, talk to someone that you trust about it. We hit on it every single time, but oh, accountability man. is key. If yes. you're not going to bring people in, then you're going to remain stuck, bro. You got to tell people there is power in confessing your sins to one another. The war uh, is winnable when we is. work together. 100%. So in Psalm 32, David actually talks about this. Uh, he says, blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit because he's confessed it. Yep. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away mm. through my groaning all day long. Yes. Whenever you hold that sin in, it's going to continue to harm you. Holding in your thoughts and feelings can make your anxiety worse. We'll uh, reach out to a trusted friend or family member to get their opinion and advice on what happened. Absolutely. Yep. Sin dies in the light, baby. Mm. But it is. Amen. It will grow in the dark. Expose it. Expose that sin. Expose that sin. Even though it's embarrassing. Yep. It's, embar- it's embarrassing to expose sin. Every time. Let's talk. Let's touch on that. Why do you think it's so hard to acknowledge our mistakes to other people? Well, we want to look like we have it all together, man. Mm. That's true. It's a lot of pride involved there. That's true. And I think sometimes the Christian culture sets us up for that, right? Is that we post on social media? Well, this is what for God's sure. teaching me. This is what I'm learning. This is this is the amazing quiet time that I have. This is 
church, I'm like, great day for church, all this stuff, right? Like, I'm a big yeah. proponent of it too. And we look at it and say, well, you know, obviously their life is going great and they're on top of all the things that God has called them towards. So mm-hmm. therefore, I need to at least act like I am, even though I'm not. And the right. reality is, as we mentioned at the top of the episode, nobody is on top of what God has for them exactly. Yeah, for sure. There are people who are in better spots in their life, for sure, but no one is perfect. And so, word number five. Authenticity is key, man. Authenticity is key. Authenticity and accountability. Number five, if applicable, make peace with a person or people you hurt. Make peace with the people or person that you hurt. Matthew 5, 25. It it talks about this great story of, like, if you're going to go to the altar and, you know, offer a gift, leave your gift where you have it and go make peace with the person that you feel like you've gotten to this disagreement with or you've wronged or in some way, shape or another. Even Jesus tells them that, like, hey, before you come up here and try to like talk to me about this, this and that, like you need to go make peace with, mm-hmm. you know, my son, my daughter first. And that is a huge, huge, huge thing. And it takes a lot of guts, frankly. And, you know, I know there's different nuances with this and there's some people who probably don't want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a reality, right? And some people also who won't. Want to forgive you that you've wronged them so bad. You need to sure. acknowledge that you are not responsible for what happens on the other end of your apology. Mm-hmm. You're only responsible for the apology. Yep. And that is up to you regardless of the strained tension in the relationship right now. Like you got to do that. You know, whether it's a quick text message, whether I recommend you pick up the phone and call them. I, I recommend if it's like some romantic thing that you feel like you've wronged somebody because that's a reality. I recommend that you take the proper precautions to do that in a way that doesn't unsettle mm-hmm. or put you in a precarious spot where it's yep. going to introduce weird drama and things like that. But I love this quote from Ben Franklin when he talks about apologies is that never ruin an apology with an excuse. Mm-hmm. When you apologize to somebody, look them in the eye, say, hey, it. you have to own it. That's right. Yeah. I messed up. That's on me. I own this. <laughs> All these things. And that's it. And yeah. then whatever they get back to, they may be like, you know. I don't accept our apology or, you know, this, this, and this about you. Forget you. I never want to talk to you again, whatever. And that's your opportunity to say, I understand that. Yeah. I accept that. And I'm just sorry. For sure. That's it. Yep. Leave it at that, right? Yep. What's the next one, Nick? And on that topic, I mean, if you have to forgive yourself and let it go. Number six, forgive yourself and let it go. Uh, know that if you confess this to someone and, they, and you talk to this person about the mistake you made and you apologize and they don't want to forgive you, they're not what defines the fact that you're forgiven. It's God that does that. So you need to live from that place of accepting God's forgiveness and letting that reign true uh, in your own mind. Forgive yourself. Uh, God has great and amazing things in store for you, but hanging on to and allowing to guilt will weigh you down and slow your progress in getting to your purpose. That's right, man. Throw that stuff under the blood, man. Mm. Jesus Christ didn't die on the cross for no reason. Mm. It's so we could be forgiven. That's the whole point of the whole shindig here. That's why... He sent his son, Jesus, because we needed the forgiveness. And if you need the forgiveness, utilize their forgiveness, right? Mm. It's like saying, oh, man, I have a car, but that place is five miles away. Well, I want to walk over there. It's like, you got a car. Drive the car. And the same way people right. are like, well, you know, I just feel so bad. I feel so bad. And it's like, God has given you forgiveness. He's giving you a vehicle to be able to move quicker to the purpose that he has for you. Right now, mm. you're choosing the less optimal option, which is, I want to be guilty. I want to be sad. Yeah. I want to feel terrible about myself. I'm going to sit in my shame instead. That's right. And, you know, I appreciate that to an extent because you are owning up to, you know, what you did wrong, but let Christ take it from you. He wants to own it now. Absolutely. He wants to take it from you. He broke those chains. He gave you the key to the prison cell. That's right. He can handle it. the prison cell. That's right. He can handle it better than you can. Mm. Number seven, in the midst of your healing journey, 
don't neglect God's word. Mm. Don't neglect it. Sometimes the last thing we want to do when we feel bad about a mistake is to read the Bible, right? Yeah, for sure. But it's by meditating on God's word that we find true encouragement and are reminded of his love for us. Nick, question for you. When, yeah. Whenever you've made a mistake, was it ever hard to read the Bible? Every time. Yeah, the inclination. And it's been the same way since the stinking Garden of Eden. Whenever we sin, whenever we mess up, we want to hide from God. It's the natural tendency, but you got to put that away. Uh, what you really need is to be closer to Him than ever. And He's ready and willing to pull you in no matter what you've done. That's right. God isn't afraid of your mistakes. He's not afraid of your guilt. He knew what He was getting into mm. when He died on the cross for his sins. He's got you. Right. Exactly. Number eight. What we got? Number eight. Consume uplifting content. Don't wallow in your sorrows. Maybe try and flip that around. Surround yourself with some things that are going to impact you in a positive way. Consume content that lifts you out of your shame instead of driving you deeper into it. This could be, obviously, we just talked through the Word of God, but it could be sitting under sound teaching. It could be listening to worship music. Uh, it could be motivational videos in the morning. Whatever the heck you have to do to flip that switch in your mind and to get that, get yourself rolling in a positive direction, that's what you need to do. Bars, man. It's, you got to take responsibility for your healing journey. You got to take responsibility for that stuff, right? Got it. Number nine, treat yourself like a friend. Treat yourself like a friend. And this kind of goes along with consuming uplifting content is after you take all the necessary steps, be easy on yourself. Yeah. Like after you own it, after you do all that stuff, you know, seek forgiveness from the other person, apologize, all that stuff. Treat yourself like a friend. Think about what you would do if a loved one made the same mistakes. Mm. What would you say? Yeah. How would you feel? Chances are you would not think a friend or a family member is a bad person because of a single lapse in judgment. Yeah. Or single lapse and discipline or whatever that looks like for you, right? Sure. Treat yourself like a friend. Be How sad would it be? I mean, if, if you are the only thing holding yourself back from accepting that forgiveness. Dude, facts, man. Such like, facts. Come on. Yes. And the last one, and I'll take this one because this is, dude, mm. I am all over this every single episode. It's almost like the accountability. <laughs> Number 10 is talk to a counselor. Yeah. Like if you are harboring so much guilt and, and you feel an angst in your heart and things like that, you need to know that that is not the optimal way that God has designed for you to live. Yeah. Like you don't have to live that way. You can have peace, fulfillment, joy in your heart does not come from the extenuating circumstances you're going through, but yeah. extenuates from the fact that God loves you and has a plan for you and a purpose for you that is bigger than what you could ever imagine. Mm. A counselor can help you get to that spot sure. where you're able to, you know, unravel all that, talk all that out, put practical things in place where you can move on from the mistakes you've made. But Nick, man, I appreciate you joining me for this conversation. Happy to be here. You brother. always do a great job and appreciate you guys joining us for this conversation. So I hope this episode helped you out a ton and I hope it helps you move on from the mistakes you've made in the past. Until next time. Peace out, guys. I hope this episode helped you out and provided you tons of clarity and encouragement. If so, I'd greatly appreciate it if you would leave a review and also share this show on your social media. It helps more than you know. Until next time.